Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. I'm Dr. Jody Mullen, and this podcast is about helping parents and other people who are connected to children help children be their best. I've been a child counselor and a play therapist for almost 30 years and a mom for just over 20. Blending my knowledge and experience puts me in the ideal spot to share with you the lessons I've learned about children, about parenting, and cultivating relationships with children. These lessons have informed my parenting, and I believe why, as one of my friends puts it, I have freakishly well-behaved kids. I also want to add in that, for the most part, they're freakishly well-behaved kids, and even at 22 and 18, um, they are sometimes not freakishly well-behaved. In this podcast, we get at some of the basic and fundamental principles I've learned from my child clients that promote their wellness and therefore how they behave. These principles make parenting and parenthood less stressful and more joyful. Who couldn't use more than that? I whittled down these basic principles and share them as well as other lessons I've learned or am learning so you too can benefit and enhance the relationships you have with children and your parenting esteem. For more on parenting and children, check out my book, Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. That was inspired by the thousands of children and conversations and consultations with parents that I've had. You can also find additional resources for parents and professionals at my clinical website, which is www.integrativecounseling.us, and hang out with me on social media. Um, my Facebook page at Integrative Counseling or at Instagram at Dr. Jody Mully, M-U-L-L-Y. Also, before we really get started today, I wanted to, to share that when I tell stories that are related to my clinical work, I make every effort to disguise any identifying information and any likenesses are mere coincidence. Today, um, Faye is going to get a conversation going with me here um, using your questions about supporting older children through relationship breakups. So hi, Faye. Thank you. Hi. Thanks for having me again. I'm so glad that you're here again today. Um, Faye and I do some work together um, that you may have heard through the uh, podcast on being perfectly whelmed. So today we're taking a bit of a break from um, our usual gig, and Faye's just going to really help um, engage this conversation about uh, breakups, which is something that um, I know as a parent was really difficult for me when my had their first experience that way, but um, with, whether it's friend or more romantic. So, Faye, thanks again for um, helping me do this today. What do you got for me? Um, should we start out with the what you shouldn't do? I feel like that might be a good way to kick it off. <laughs> I think that that's a great way to kick it off. Um, so, first of all, I want to say big picture wise is one thing that that we make as um, compassionate people, uh, whether it's with our kids or with other people we love and care about, is one of the mistakes we make, and it comes from um, our big, beautiful hearts, is a mistake that we make is that we try to take people's pain away. And so this 
relationship breakup, whether it's, a, again, a, a romantic kind of relationship or it's a friendship, is it's a grief experience. And so the one of the biggest mistakes we can make is trying to fix it and make it better, whatever that looks like. And so sometimes with, and I'll do more relational breakups here than obviously uh, grief, that's another podcast opportunity um, for a discussion, is, is we minimize it. So a way to minimize it is saying things like, you guys were only together for a week or there's other fish in the sea or um, as in terms of a friendship or, or a romantic relationship, you may say like, um, I didn't really like them anyway. <laughs> Any of those things, how we say like that to try to make it easier, make it, make, children feel like they're not being listened to or understood. A perfect example um, that happens with first breakups with uh, teenagers, for instance, and older kids, where we say things like, because we love and care about the children in our lives, we'll say things like, um, there are other fish in the sea, or we'll use how long they've been together. You guys, that might even be a question that we ask. So I might ask you, say, if you're a teenager telling me about a breakup, even as a mental health professional, we make this mistake um, that if you're telling me about it, I might say, like, well, how long were you together? If you are hurting, and we all know this as adults, if you are hurting, it doesn't matter how long you were together. If it was three hours or it was three weeks or it was three years or whatever, you're still hurting. So we do that to try to take away some of the hurt, but when we do that, we cut ourselves off from connection to that child. Um, saying there's other fish in the sea, just think about that, right? Like if you're um, if if you're having a relationship that breaks up, then somebody tells you there's others. Well, of course I know there are others. But that, that's not what I'm interested in right now. So anything that minimizes or disregards the magnitude of the relationship that's felt, whether it's, we think it's really there or not, um, that is going to be a big mistake that we make. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like saying, you know, there's a million other fish in the sea only feels good as the person that's saying it, <laughs> that's one yes. of the things. Well, and you I, have to I, be the one that believes it. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Yes, you have to believe it. And also, like, um, again, that's like I'm trying to take your pain away by doing that. But simple things don't take away pain like that because they're about complexity. And so it is a complex feeling um, and uh, and a complex experience when that happens, right? And part of the reason. Uh, why that is so complex is because of the things that um, our kids and children in our lives are saying to themselves about that. So when someone breaks up with you or someone ends a friendship, you may think like, I'm a terrible person. I'm not attractive enough. They broke up with me because I'm boring. They broke up with me because I'm a bad kisser, right? Like whatever they're saying to themselves, we're just by saying there's other fish in the sea, certainly we're not taking that away. Right. 
So on the contrary, like instead of instead of trying to take away your child's pain, what can you do to reassure them while they're going through that really painful time? Is is speak to the pain, right? So it, so to reassure them, you can say something like, um, "I know that this is so painful for you right now, and you are hurting so bad." And if you've already cultivated a connection, a good connection, trusting connection with them, I promise it will not hurt this much forever. But right now, and it, it is really like right now, this hurts so bad. <laughs> but this is not right. how you will always experience this. But right now, and I think that that is an important piece of it is, is acknowledging like it can be overwhelming and it can you know, it can mean I don't want to go to school today because it's so bad. (laughs) All of that. Right. So would that be something that you can do to show your support without being overbearing, like giving your kids the option to to stay home from school that day if you can tell that they're really suffering? Yeah, I think for sure. But I know a lot of parents aren't, you know, think that, oh, nope, not that that wouldn't fly with them but I think that giving them a mental health day if that's something you don't already do I always um when uh, I only have one child who's still in um like um in school at the high school level but one of the things that I did for my kids as they were growing up is I always gave them an opportunity to take a mental health day and so the if they'd already taken their mental health day and, you know, for the year or whatever, is that then, um, then I, I would offer them this. I think that's one way to show, like, I get it. You need like a day to just regroup. And, and many times um, the, the end of a relationship is also very embarrassing or humiliating for your child. And I think that also says, I understand that this can be embarrassing or humiliating um, for you, even if it's, again, even if it's like a typical thing, it doesn't matter that it's typical and everyone goes through it. It still hurts. So I think that that's, you know, like an important part about that. Yeah, thank you. That was a really good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Cause, yeah, I know that overbearing, there's definitely a line where it feels like it's adding a lot more to the situation. Like I've been there before where you have so much support that you almost <laughs> don't want any. So you kind of take that away, and it, it feels like less support in a way when you oh, go overboard. You know, I'm so glad that you just said that part too, Faye, because I think another important part of it is that when you're – child also says, like, I don't need you to be on top of me about this, where I need some space or I need my friends, is to also honor that, right, is to also honor that um, they may, they, they need you, how can they get to you, right? So I might say, like, I, I can tell you need um, some space right now, I will be available, you know, um, later or I'm going to come check on you in, in a little bit um, and, and give them that kind of information. Right. Um, and then what would you say to parents that are struggling to find the right words to say? Um, I know that you'd mentioned, you know, what not to say, but what are some things right. that, that hold like a lot of weight? Yes. Okay. That you well, can say to them. I will say that there it's, because it is grief, like I'm going to go back to that, is there's no magic 
thing to say, just like it that, you right. know how we all, I think it's a collective that we all get really nervous about what to say to somebody who's had a death loss, right? Like, I don't know the right thing to say. There's no right thing to say. There are plenty of wrong things to say, but there's no <laughs> right thing. There's no right thing to say. I um I I think what happens is that you think and and again this comes from a really um compassionate place is that we think that we'll say just the right thing and that will take a person's pain away. So that's not true. I, I would like that to be true also. It's just not true. And all of us know that in our hearts that when, because we've all had losses, whether they be losses of friendships or, or death losses related to people or pets or losses of um, romantic relationships or intimate relationships. We all know that there was not one thing a particular person said that we were like, Okay, I'm all better. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so I think it will. So I think that even saying, I know there's nothing that I can say that will make you feel better right now. But then, it, so conveying that, saying I know there's nothing that I can that I can say, but I do want to tell you that I love you. I do want to say they're lost. I do. So in this way, once you've set it up that I know there's nothing specific I can say, but here's what I want to say. Um, I think that that can be really helpful um, in with regard to that component of it. Right. I think I'm really glad you just said that, the, the year lost part. Um, huh. That's actually like my family's go-to. Like they're very supportive in that way. And it's always kind of like, you know, well, then they're missing out and whatever. Yeah. That's actually one of the things that has been really comforting. Um, that's probably, like, my favorite thing, and that's why it doesn't hurt as bad now going through a breakup in my 20s. <laughs> so I'm really right. glad that that was my parents' outlook when I was younger. And still now, honestly, they still say stuff like that to me. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I love that you well, – I love that you share that, so thank you. Um, but I think that – right, that is – an, like an important piece of the puzzle to say, like, I see you hurting, right? I see you hurting. Um, but to, and then to also just own that part, like, I, I still love you. I still think that you are the most fun person on the planet. I still, right? Like you can do that because your, your relationship will, with them will continue. And at some point they'll hear that. And I think that's what you're saying. Um, part of what you're, saying and like reflecting on is that like in the moment it um, for lack of a better way of saying it for the moment it sucks but I always will have my family and and I and I do believe them I just don't believe them right now I don't believe them right now that I'm like (laughs) going to find somebody who like treats me like the goddess that I am but uh, in a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a moment here and there I, that belief will will work its way in. Right. And I think that that sentiment kind of takes away um, maybe the, the, like the isolation factor that you kind of feel after a breakup mm. um, where you're kind of feeling like, oh, I just lost this big piece of my life. Right. But this person just reminded me that I have, you know, all of this, all of these people that still feel all of those great feelings about me. 
yeah, I still have other pieces of my life, right? That I that I wasn't all about this. And like I I think that there's a couple of things that you raise here. Um, one is that um, a day off of school or a day kind of isolating or two in your in your room is one thing. Um, weeks and weeks is something else, and that's when you know professional intervention. It, it maybe it it may be time for that you know to to really look into like okay what needs to to happen here so I'm just I wanted to share um, this too because it's something that I've said with my uh, te- you know my teen uh, and young adult clients but it's also something that I tell my own kids um, around this and honestly like have had to tell myself um, which is. Um, <laughs> It's like, how long are you going to give this, right? Like, how long are you going to sit in this kind of place? Um, you know, so I remember um, with with one of my kids when they had a breakup, they were really struggling. And I want to say this from a parent's point of view, that um, it was one of the hardest things as a parent that I had to watch my child's heart literally be broken and I could, I could feel it and it's terrible. So I know that um, for parents, this isn't easy at at all. And, and so, you know, we certainly are going to make mistakes on how we respond to it. But part of it is because like, you just, you feel it like really hard. So um, I remember, you know, saying to my kid, like, hey, listen, is this is a couple of weeks now. Um, so you get to spend 15 minutes a day um, on grieving the loss of this relationship. Or another time, um, I'm thinking about uh, um, a teenager that I work with. I said to them, um, I was already working with them in counseling, and I asked, them um, how long they were expecting to be sad about this like you know what I mean so in in some ways I think it's really healthy for us to say like okay this is how much time I'm going to spend per day or even like okay I'm going to be sad for four days about this and then it's over I remember also sorry I recognize I'm like uh, off on this is I also remember with one of my kids saying like you you have I'm going to give you 72 hours to to grieve this relationship, uh, and then and then you got to move on. Then you have to like you're still responsible for your chores. You you still have to go to school. You have to take a shower. You know, making sure I think that that's one of the ways we can support our kids is making sure that it, it they don't like get so consumed by it. Right. I think even putting a timeline makes it a little bit more manageable. Like yeah. you can kind of say like, all right, so I'm going to get this over with. I'm going to feel the feelings for this amount of time. It's going to feel terrible. And then I'm going yep. to be all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I, I think that that's a cool way to say it is like, I'm like uh, that there is a, there is a time stamp on it. Is that like, yeah. Um, and all of us who've had gone through breakups, gone through breakups know that if we even just revisit that, for a teeny tiny bit of time in our mind's eye that it can be kind of tough. Um, so th- that, you know, kind of hurt doesn't like permanently go away, um, but it does subside. And, and I think that is, you know, part of like, this is, we're going to give it a little bit of time and attention, but we're not going to let it consume us. 
and um, and I think that um, giving our kids like a parameter around that can be really helpful. And and you can right. it doesn't like I think you know like I said I said to one of my kids like you have 72 hours, <laughs> um, but that one works for all kids. With with some other kids, and these are kids I work with, or or kids that. Uh, or in times with my own kids in terms of uh, ends of relationships, I would ask them, how long do you think you need? How much time, right? And then if they say, like, months, I'd say, like, no, 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 that's not going to work. <laughs> but, but instead of months, what can we, you know, what can we do here? So Right. Keep it a little bit more realistic than that. <laughs> yes, yes. And also I do, re- I am a big fan fan of giving yourself time to grieve each day for it so to say like I really miss being you know friends with this person and or I really miss like going out with this person um but so I'm going to cry about it uh, give myself time to journal about it throw a fit about it however that happens for a half hour um every other day you know to let to because then it, again, feels more like you're in charge of it or you're giving your child an idea of how to be in charge of it versus letting it, like, take over. Right. That's a great point. Definitely good idea to have around. <laughs> yeah. um, what would you say, speaking of, you know, the parenting aspect of this, um, what is the most applicable parenting principle when it comes to relationship breakups, whether it's romantic or not? Okay, you got to pick one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was easy. It's, it's listen to me. Um, it, it's really, it is so important to listen to what your child has to say about the end of that relationship. Because again, um, like I said earlier, you don't exactly know what they're always saying to themselves about it. And sometimes what they're saying to themselves about it is really, can be really detrimental, can be, you know, um, very harsh can be quite serious, you know. Um, sometimes the end of relationships, ha- what the, your child is experiencing is like really like the rug. And again, we had experiences with this ourselves, the rug pu- being pulled out from under you. They didn't see it coming. Um, I'm thinking of a couple of kids that I've worked with over uh, over time who their first, they their first breakup, like of a more romantic kind, came from uh, they didn't see it coming at all, and they were um, betrayed by that. Or and they were betrayed in different ways. Sometimes they were betrayed by, well, that person was talking to somebody else. Um, they were betrayed by um, that person, but they were in a um, same-sex relationship, and now this person is dating somebody of the opposite sex and felt a, a different kind of betrayal because of that. So I think that making sure you aren't – and here's something we do as parents, right? I, I'm definitely one a person who does this as well, is don't – make it yours <laughs> so it's listen the, why listen to me is the most important parenting principle there is because I can just assume it was like an end of a relationship that I experienced but it could be very very different um, 
And before before I move on to say, I wanted to say that it's not just ever the end of the relationship. It's the end. There's other endings that are connected to it. We there's status that we lose when we're not with that person or persons. If it was friendship, right? Um, there's also like routine that gets lost or consistency. There's all sorts of other losses that come along with the loss of a relationship a friendship or otherwise right definitely even a loss of comfort sometimes too i know that that's like a big one for a lot of people oh 100 percent. or like um you know even like well every day i did this with them or you know like those, those that really does impact and the other thing that i will say i i missed off um in talking about it earlier was that when um for example, when my daughter experienced a breakup and was really, you know, really, really struggling with it emotionally, if, say, you asked me, like, how are you doing today, Jody? I would have started crying. Like, that's how much I felt it, um, it, it and how difficult it is to see, um, especially as a professional helper, I could not take that pain away from my daughter. I couldn't. Right. And I and I think that, you know, a lot of times as parents, uh, we start to feel kind of desperate around that. And then we do things that really don't work, where what worked and it was, you know, was, um, you know, cuddling up next to her on the couch saying, let's go out for a walk. But that's going to be different for different kids. And it's going to be different for different kids with different kinds of relationship losses as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um I know we're getting a little bit short on time, so I wanted to yes. ask you, if you could say something to your past self during a breakup, what would it be? Oh, this is such a good idea. Um, I love this one, Okay, uh, This is, first of all, yay, this is a great exercise, but you can say, what did you need to hear? Um, one of the ways to think about this is, like, what does your adolescent because that's usually who we're talking about here, but it could even be older kid in terms of friendship breakups, especially. Um, what is it that your older kid or adolescent self um, has to say to, uh, <laughs> to the adults in the room, right, is to listen to that version of. So I, for me, it would really be um, my past self during a breakup would need to, you know what, I'm going to, take this back a little bit. I think my my past self did not feel I could even tell um, my parents about breakups sometimes. Um, and I think that was because another episode, say, of their own breakup. <laughs> and so um, I felt like I would be burdening them. And that's, that's definitely my stuff. So I would say having someone have, making sure that your child has someone that they can talk to. So you could, I might even think about it as like um, n- noticing that your child is hurting and say, extending the invitation for them to talk to you or to someone else. And I think that that has to be done like pre-gaming it. Like, you, you know what I mean? You can't wait till yeah. your child's already in the breakup. You, you are hurting. You have to be be a parent who notices that beforehand. And I and something that has come up when I'm talking to a lot of the counselors that I do consulting with is 
that there's a difference between a child seeking attention versus a child seeking connection. So as parents, when your child is, looks like they're trying to get your attention, I think asking yourself, do they need attention or a connection? And that is the pregame to all of this, to being able to be somebody who really can be supportive to your child when they're going through something that's so hard. You know, you Absolutely. said something. Thanks. You you said something earlier about where where you talked about your um, self. So I want to throw that question right back to you. Oh, can you think of things that you either heard or would have liked to have hear? I think I think the 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 their loss thing is a big thing. Like I'm really appreciative that that was something that was said to me. Um, but I think if I could go back and tell myself one thing, I would say that it's going to feel terrible to let it yeah. feel terrible in the moment instead of pushing that feeling away and that mm-hmm. everything is going to work out totally fine, even if it feels like in the moment it won't. Yeah, I, I am so glad you said that because burying it means you're going to have to unbury it as an adult. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Take it from me, everyone. (laughs) Lots of us know that, right? We know that we're going to have to unbury it at some point. It's because it starts sprouting back up in different ways. And so if we can give our kids over with, (laughs) that's right. If we can give our kids opportunities to grieve and to be sad and to be angry and to be embarrassed, all those yucky, yucky feelings, um, then they, that then it puts them on a trajectory for health and mental health um, as an adult. So, oh my goodness, that went fast today. Um, Faye? Yeah, it did. So, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And Faye, thank you for those incredible uh, questions and facilitating that. And we look forward to our next opportunity. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, thank Jody. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.